Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Deborah for Copy Love, Love is Here Ministry. And this is the introduction to the webcams, to all the videos, and I wanted to introduce you to me before you got started. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what the webcam series are going to be about. I wanted to let you know that the first series uh, is going to be a rediscovery series. And as we travel through and we learn and grow, there'll be more and more series of rediscovery. I want to let you know that I'm in a pattern. I have been highly trained and educated, and I am coming to you as a partner and ally of the most highest and mightiest general there ever is. Agape love. I like to use the analogy that in World War II, in order to set millions and millions and millions of people free, an entire continent, nations, and resources, and the next generations and the next generations, it took allies and partners from many, many nations, highly trained in many different areas, all coming together. For one purpose, to set people free. Free people cannot stand the thought of other human humans and humanity being in bondage and slavery and can't get free. So I serve under a general, Agape Love, Love is Here. Agape Love is the most powerful general there ever is. It will take you beyond all borders through every nation. It doesn't need any papers. It travels in a world that most people don't understand nor see. I am sort of a resistance fighter, an underground fighter, but I'm also out in the open, a teacher. And these videos on webcam are going to be teaching lessons. There'll be many different series that will come along to help you. And I hope that you enjoy them and that you get to know me and you get to know yourself and you get to know others. So enjoy the webcam videos. Some of them have different lengths, but the main goal of each one is to bring hope and encouragement to you, the person that you have not yet met, the person that has been hidden from most of yourself, but not from others, and to help you discover that there is more to you than you know. And because I am a trained fighter, and I work very closely with Agape Love, we're going to be doing some, setting some things free. If you've ever watched any of the World War II stories, and how... Europe was invaded. Some of the countries invited the people in. Some people welcomed. Other people did not have a choice. And yet they all ended up in the same place, bondage, to something that was more powerful, more vicious, and tormenting, and vexing. So here we are. Since humanity began, we have had problems in our hearts, in our minds, feelings, and our emotions. And boy, we have tried to figure it out. 
And there's a good article, uh, a video that you can watch called Equal Partners. Because a lot of us don't understand what is going on with us. Why do all the problems that we all want to solve and live in peace and harmony and have a wonderful life, why can we not solve them? There are so many smart and intelligent people all over the world in every nation going to school, learning, trying everything they know how to help humanity. Their hearts are so wonderful that they love and they don't like to see anybody hurting and vexed and tormented. And they're trying with every ounce of knowledge they have to figure it out. And there's resistance fighters such as me that we know you have to have something stronger than what we know. Throughout history, most of humanity believed in a connection to a higher power. And that higher power was a loving higher power. And it wanted to help us. And it wanted to touch us and caress us and be a part of our lives. Well, somehow, things got messed up. And we no longer really invite a higher power into our lives to help us. And we have turned mainly to other ways, which is working some. We are getting some results. But this enemy that's unseen, that continues through thousands and thousands of generations, doesn't seem to end. The war is never solved. There's little breaks every now and then, but it goes on. Everybody's asking the question, how do I stop it? How do we end this unseen war that attacks us, that attacks our children and our loved ones? How can we find peace? How can we get along with each other? And yet there's no answers. Humanity seems to be trapped in bondage and slavery to unseen enemies that it cannot see or hear, doesn't believe in. So it has no answers. And we all put along trying to figure it out. We're trying so hard. Every nation is trying. Every educated person, every mama, every father, everybody. We even got dogs and animals trying to help us and love us and support us. All of our spiritual leaders are trying to help us. We're all trying to be free, and we're trying to get somewhere, but we don't know where, and we don't know how to get there. So I'm here through these videos to help you. I am a special person. As I said, I'm a resistance fighter. I go undercover. I travel in that unseen world, unseen realm. I also travel in the natural realm. And I live in a home. And I do a lot of other things. But I am a soldier in a war as an ally, desiring that many others come along with a God to help set people free in every nation from an unseen invader that has set up, entrenched itself, embedded, entombed itself in our lives, whether it's in our spirit, our soul, or our physical body. And it rules us and reigns us and torments us into deep slavery and bondage. And we don't know how to get free. So hopefully 
these webcams will begin to give you hope that there is freedom and to rediscover ways that have been long forgotten so that we can come together as allies and partners in a world war that crosses every nation, every boundary, and we can defeat this enemy that has tormented humanity since its beginning. And we will learn how to fight back, how to resist. We'll know it when it shows up, and we know what its goals are. So enjoy all the webcams. I hope to get better at this. This is kind of new to me. I'll still keep making the videos, and if you want to email me or contact me, you are welcome to. My email address is Pastor Deborah. D-E-B-O-R-A-H at agapeloveishere.org You may link to me on LinkedIn at Pastor Deborah. Love is here. There are some videos on there. Also, you may, I'm on Twitter under Pastor Deborah. Love is here. I also have a YouTube channel called Hidden Kingdoms. There's a lot of videos there. I'm all also on four different podcast platforms. I think it's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Intune. So if you have an Alexa or something, you can ask for Pastor Deborah. There are some uh, audios you can listen to. And also I have the website, www.agapeloveishere.org. I'm already currently in partnership with people in Nepal and Kenya. Philippines and here in America and if you wish to call me on the phone text me now I do not have a smartphone so I'm not up there yet uh, at 1-850-501-5040 that is central time in the United States of America Pensacola Florida which happens to be about three hours east of New Orleans beautiful beaches kind of hot right now but been here a long time, and I am learning how to do this webcam stuff. So hopefully I'll get better, and I will be able to teach better for you. So enjoy each video, and please feel free to email me with questions. I'll get back to you. We got a war to win. And people to set free. You are invited to become an ally, a highly trained soldier, and a partner with the mightiest general there ever is, agape love. And help set people free. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah. Hello. Welcome again. This is Pastor Deborah. But God be love. Love is here. This is another episode of the series, the show, called The King and the Kingdom. And I'm not quite sure what episode this is because I haven't been keeping up with them. But this one is going to help you understand a little bit more about that unseen realm that your forever person lives in 
The realm we are in right now. What? Yes, we're in the spiritual realm. We are actually in, I believe, where are we? Oh, we are in a big meeting hall, conference room, that's in the garden. And it's part of a big kingdom's uh, speed, excuse me, the kingdom's university to do teaching. Oh, yes, yes, in that realm, there are schools, there are teachers, lots to learn, because a lot of people come here without any knowledge. And they have to take a long time and learn and grow and develop. Even a lot of the living creatures that live in this realm don't have all of this information. So I want to welcome everybody from every planet, every solar system, every nation and tribe, every gender and no gender, and all the living creatures. So everyone can learn about the king and the kingdom. This episode, this show, this webcam that I'm going to be teaching to you, as I said, we are coming from a conference room inside of a building, you might call it a castle, uh, in the garden, where a lot of education does go on, as well as outside in the fields and under the trees, by the streams. Oh yeah, teaching all the time. Lots to learn. This episode is entitled, What Realm Does a Word Have Power In? We have been discussing what a word is, what is its image and its likeness, the desires of a word to live in this three-part system, the goals of a word to live in here and then to work its way out through the mouth and govern nations and govern kingdoms, to govern families, to make decisions on business in the justice system. A word is a powerful thing we have been discovering and it sets up its home its kingdom for we decided also in one of the teachings that a word is king it desires to rule this system that's unseen both in the what we'll call the subconscious man person's mind and in the spiritual part of us called the forever person so a word is a very powerful image, a picture, sound that comes into us through our five senses from the natural world. It goes into our biological brain. Neurons, electricity are all created. They're stored away somewhere in the biological brain. 
these words. And what does a word do? It builds castles, builds cities, concepts. It builds theologies. That means the study of God. It builds doctrines. That means beliefs about something. It builds uh, positions. It builds fortresses. It builds uh, pictures. Uh, it builds a whole entire system, kingdom, within a person's biological brain that goes into the hidden person's that's in the subconscious, into him, where he is shaped and molded, conformed by the words, the sounds, the sights, the experiences that have come to it by the five senses. And just as that is also going on, the forever person, he's in a mess of trouble. The forever person is typically in almost 100% all humanity. It has become one with the hidden person of the subconscious mind. So whatever, oops, sorry, the subconscious receives from the five senses, its experiences, how it interprets it, because the forever person is one with him. The forever person takes on, believes, sees, and experiences the same. The way the hidden person is, is the way the forever person is. But then at the same time, the forever person, he does live, as we've showed you, in a world back here, in another realm. And that forever person has experiences. He has senses that he uses. He sees, he has ears, he hears, he talks, he has a mind, he has a body. He is in an unseen realm from the hidden man of the subconscious. So the spiritual part of us the forever person, is having experiences, words from two realms come at it. It can get awful confusing. But today's lesson is we're going to talk a little bit more about what realm, what sphere of influence, where did it come from? Does a word have power in it? Why are words so powerful? Is a word a part of the natural realm? Can we see a word? Oh yeah, we can see words on pictures, paintings, a stamp, a drawing. Words are coming at us, feelings, emotions, somebody's beliefs, understandings, concepts, feelings, words unspoken are coming in through the eye gate. We can maybe sometimes go, I can 
that picture's talking to me. Um, I can hear some things going on in it. I can feel what the painter felt. Words, a picture, become a picture, a container, a song. It's coming into the ear gate. Music, poems, songs, they're coming in. They're talking to us, expressing themselves, telling us about the person, telling us about life, bringing us feelings through the ear gate. Our sense of touch also is a word. When you touch something, our nerves in our physical bodies talk to us. They tell us it's something safe or it's, uh, should we pull our hand away. It, our tongue tells us that that's not a bitter taste. Maybe okay to eat it or drink it. Words are coming in from the natural realm to us all the time. Speaking to us. We are interacting with words. We discovered last time that a word is an image. It's a likeness of something. It is a container. It's a vessel for something. And it comes from somewhere. And it comes from something. In art, we know somebody painted the picture. Now, this is strange. We have seen elephants and even animals paint pictures. Are they talking to us about what they're feeling? Could be. When we look at a picture that an elephant has painted with its trunk, the picture speaks to us. We say that all the time. That speaks to us. We have feelings from it. Our eyes look at it and we have feelings. Some of the painters just painted some weird stuff based on what they felt. And you could have five people lined up and look at the same picture and each person would interpret, hear, see, and feel different things. But everybody's looking at the same picture. A picture is a word. It's an image. But what realm does a word have this power in? Why is a word so powerful? A picture. In the natural realm, when we look at a picture, our eye gate sees something. Brings that picture in digitally to our biological brain. Things start going off, receptors, all kinds of chemicals are released. It's flowing through there. It gets sent down to the subconscious. The hidden man then experiences through digital electrical uh, images this picture. Based on his experiences, he interprets he connects with, he gets feelings about this picture, this word, 
in images. This is a picture. I have a lot of different words to it. Sure. You could list, we'll say, a picture of a rose. You could list the color. Oh, what a beautiful, mature rose. Oh, it makes me feel so happy, so sad, so loved. So a word has some kind of power. But it is comes when I'm speaking to you in the natural, what well, we're in the spiritual, really. It comes out of a biological mouth into the realm, into the ears of somebody else, into the biological brain, down into the subconscious. So it's almost like a train, fiber optics. We're getting down here. When it comes out here, or I'm speaking, what realm is that word in? What does it look like? We can take your words, put them on machines, and see the bar graphs. I think it's called oscilloscope. My son, who got into audio and recording, you could see the sound. There's something called a sound barrier. If you go so fast, and you go faster than the sound barrier, it makes a big boom, breaks through. What is sound? of scientists they kind of know I'm not one so I'm just trying to talk to you from a king and kingdom but it's a powerful thing word has energy in it just force it has barriers it travels we hear a lot about whales singing in the water they're communicating with other whales through the water some things are great conductors of words we use pictures to conduct and communicate with people. But what realm is this communication in that the word is in? Is it a natural realm? Does the hidden man of the subconscious live in the natural realm? How is he shaped and formed by words? When it comes from the brain, the electrical chemical, is it still in the natural realm? Electrical, we'll say chemical, magnesium, zinc, calcium. When it hits the ears and the mind of the hidden man, he's in the soul. What, how does the word convert if it does convert from a natural thing coming out of my natural mouth for the soul. What realm does the soul live in? How does he receive the words? Then if we get into the spiritual part of this, let's use dreams. When we are dreaming, our conscious awareness is resting. Our eyes are closed, usually. Somehow our ears don't hear anything. Our conscious awareness goes into a sleep. But yet some part of us seems to dream. 
seems to experience things, feel like we're going places, has good experiences, bits and pieces of fragments. Sometimes we're singing. Sometimes we hear singing. Sometimes we hear like maybe a gunshot. Uh, and in that dream state, yet some part of us is hearing, maybe seeing, experiencing something. What realm would those words be in? Are they part of the natural biological body? As some people believe, and it's our biological brain just organizing everything, going through the day's events, putting things in file cabinets. Is that a dreaming? Is it a biological realm of words? Is it a part of the hidden man of the soul? Is this him who's awake, but his conscious part in his while he's in the bed or wherever. His five senses are gone to sleep, sort of, and not aware that, of anything. But the hidden man of the soul, is he awake? Is he the one that's doing the dreaming? Is he the one having the flashbacks? PTSD. Is he the one that feels like he's flying? Is he the one that feels like He's being taken out of his body. Is he the one, the hidden man of this subconscious? Are the words that he's hearing, are they just the words that came in through the five senses? Or could it be that when we are sleeping and, and our subconscious, is it sleeping? Is it awake? Is it resting? Is it a part of the natural system? Or could it be our forever person, our spiritual part? But what power do these words, these pictures have? And in what realm do they live? Could there be words in both the natural realm, the realm of the soul, the hidden man, and the spirit? Could one word, if I said the word love to you, that's up, coming out of my natural body, your soul receives it, your hidden man will hear the word love. Now, based on its experiences, its concepts, its precepts, its doctrines, its philosophy, its faith, its culture, its traditions, that hidden person will interpret that word, love, that came out of my biological mouth in a certain way. Was it the way that I meant it? Maybe, maybe not. But if you go to sleep, you're sleeping, and you hear somebody say to you, I love you. Where are those words coming from? Were they the same words that were said to the soul from my mouth? 
that's just now penetrating, getting at a deeper level. And this person, this forever person, is just now hearing, I love you, that got passed through somehow the soul and the hidden man of the subconscious to the deep spirit. Is it the same words from the same person? Did my word that I spoke in the natural to somebody, I love you, was that word from a realm that could pass through the soul part and travel on to the spirit? What kind of power would that be that a word would have to do that? How does a word travel in the spirit? Can we see a word in the spirit? Can I look on some kind of oscilloscope? Is there a sound barrier in the spirit? What do words look like in the spirit? What kind of power is behind a word in the spirit? What kind of power does a word have when it comes into the ears or if you are deaf and you work with braille or hand, okay, and they do the talking with their hands. What power inside a soul does a word have? Is it a building block? Is it food? Is it nourishment for the hidden man? Is it building bones for the natural? Some people look at words in this manner. In the natural, the biological body, when you're a little baby, must have water, nutrients, food, rest. It must be moving, challenging its muscles, but the muscles need protein to grow. That comes from food. The bones need calcium to grow must come from food. The body is about 80% water and it needs water to come in. So in order for the natural body to grow and develop from what it came out of the womb as a small thing to a full-grown adult that's healthy, it must have the right and proper nutrition at the right time, food, drink, water, and rest. And if any of that is lacking, and even the biological brain is not stimulated by talking, by learning, by building its neurons in the natural, the power of the words become diminished. So food is important for the biological body to grow. Having the right kinds of nutrients, vitamins, exercise, helps the body develop. So could the, the power of a word be something like food, nutrition, building blocks? Could some, the power of a word, the realm it lives in, some words could be filled with protein for your muscles, 
for the subconscious mind. Calcium, water. So does a word, the power it has, become like food, nutrition for the soul, the hidden man, to be able to develop, shape itself, build its concepts, build its philosophies, build its ideas, uh, have experiences, decide what's safe, what's not safe. Is that the realm that the word has power in, that it becomes food and nutrition? Can words heal you? If I tell you again, everything's going to be okay. We'll get through this. And I provide words of hope. Is that a power? Who am I talking to? Am I talking to a bone that's in the biological body? Telling the bone everything's going to be okay. Or am I talking to the hidden man? Am I giving him a word that has power in it to bring hope? Am I feeding, nourishing the hidden man of the subconscious? Am I bringing a plate to it with good things on it, good words, strong meat of the word? Or is the hidden man just getting baby food? Or maybe hardly getting any nutrition? Is that the realm? that a word is to be living in. And the power of it becomes like nutrition, food, for the hidden man of the soul. Well, if that's true, and that could be true, remember we're just asking ourselves lots of questions, everybody. So you can go and research for yourself what about the spiritual part of us? If words are like food, nutrition, water, they're either milk, bread, maybe wine, for our soul, could the same be true for our spirit? Well, would the same words that speak to my soul, my hidden man, could they be applied to my spirit? Or are they of a different realm? What realm? What place? If you study a lot of your faith-based books, you'll discover something. There are two realms. There's a realm they call the natural, the carnal, the temporary, the flesh world, the natural world. We know that everything we see can be burned up, destroyed, even the dirt body. It's temporal, means it doesn't last for eternity. Carnal means it's more earthly, more animal instinctive, doesn't have a lot of higher reasoning powers, basically. Something's carnal. It's very biological, body-oriented. 
Are there some words? Is that what a word is from that realm? When the soul, the hidden man of us, receives words, are those words words of the temporary world? We'll use love again. Is there many different kinds of love? Is there a human love between people that choose to go into partnerships, marriages? That one kind of love. But yet you can love your house. You can love chocolate cake. You can love your children. You can love a football team, a baseball team. You can love sunsets. You can love roses, love gardening, love animals. Is that a different kind of love? What about animals? They seem to love us. What realm is that love in? Is it in the natural realm, just for the soul? When you say you love chocolate cake, is the love you have for that chocolate cake, what realm is it in? You say you love it, is it because it tastes good from your five senses on your tongue? Makes your tummy feel better? That's a natural, carnal, earthly, temporal love. <clears throat> and as soon as the chocolate cake is gone, it's over. We know people fall in love and they fall out of love. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's early in the morning for me again. Well, what kind of love is that? Is it simply chemicals up here? Endorphins. Getting turned on, getting turned off. When this guy here gets feels like he's been abused or um, rejected, do chemicals change up here? So what, if it does, then that love would only be natural realm. Biological chemicals up here, that's all. So we have to figure out the realm. Is the word an eternal spiritual word? Is that the realm it is in? Does it have power in that realm? Is it just a temporal word from the earthly part of the five senses? They can change based on our perceptions, our experiences, what our eye gates see, what we hear. Is it just chemical electrical? Is it that realm that that word has power in? Now you're probably wondering, why does she keep going over the word? Word is very important. It desires to grow us develop us, feed it its nutrition, its vitamins, become our source of substance, just like food does for the biological body. A word desires to be the source, the nutrition for our hidden man of the soul. It builds it, it shapes it, it forms it. It helps it to form philosophies, concepts, ideas, beliefs. Helps us to create traditions. 
It even helps us in the form of trying to find a higher power called religion. Religion is more of the soul. It's things that you must do biologically with your body and your soul. Word has power in that realm. And that word coming to the hidden man could either be a carnal, flesh, temporary word, talking about the biological body. This guy could receive a love of another human, but then when that other human betrays them, they fall out of love. So the love is conditional. It's like you got some arsenic with the piece of cake you just ate. Or you go and you think you're going to get a piece of cake and you get some poison. And you don't like that person anymore and you don't love them. That's a temporal, earthly type of love that this guy is experiencing. So a word can be in the realm of the flesh, the carnal, from the natural to the soul, and the soul and the natural are one. So the words can be from that realm, shaping and developing the personality, the feelings of the hidden man of the subconscious. Words coming from the five senses to it. There is a saying from an ancient, ancient, long time ago that this guy right here, the hidden man, because he's of the carnal nature, receives all of his knowledge, his ideas, his concepts, his beliefs, his facts from the natural world, the five senses, what he can see, what touches him, what he can eat, okay? That is where he receives his word. That is the realm and the power of the word to the soul from the natural going to the five senses. And the man or the person in there is developed, grown, uh, he is shaped, he is formed in his ideas, his thoughts, his feelings, based on what has happened from the natural realm through the five senses through words, pictures, songs coming in. Okay, that's the realm the word has for him. And this guy, we're told in these ancient writings, that things of the spiritual nature, this unseen realm that has words in it, that has experiences. A lot of us experience it when we sleep. That that realm and those words are for this guy, the forever person. And this person, the subconscious hidden person, cannot receive them. Because to him, they are foolishness. Foolish, foolish, foolish. Stupid. He can't see it. His five senses tell him it ain't real. It's a lie. This is how you do, we'll say, worship a God. This is how you must do it. Because I've been told from my five senses 
this is how you do it. This is what my family's told me. This is what my nation tells me. This is what our religious leaders tell me. So this is the, how I do it. Anything over here, if I have a dream, this guy cannot understand it. It's foolish stuff to him. But yet this guy is experiencing some things, hearing maybe different words. And what happens is, when this guy here, the forever person, he'll try to start speaking to, relating what he's hearing, experiencing, maybe from a dream, to his hidden subconscious. Say, guess what I just dreamed? And they'll have a conversation. Some people get up and write their dreams down so they'll remember. Because when you wake up, it's as if the spirit part disappears back behind a door. A door is closed. A deep mist covers it. And it's silence. And the soul has no idea what happened in the dream. Because it didn't happen to him. It didn't come through the five senses. But every once in a while, the spirit... She gets stronger and stronger, has a life of its own, sort of. It will start trying to talk to and communicate to this other part of himself and try to explain to him what it experienced. It's not the same thing that the hidden man of the subconscious experienced and what he heard, what he saw, did not come through the five natural senses. So his word is from a realm of the spirit, an eternal realm, which the soul goes, don't know anything about that. I'm not in contact with that. I'm in contact with the natural, temporal world, the world that my five senses tell me is real. I can see it. I can feel it. I can hear the words with my biological brain. That's the realm I live in. That's the power of these words that come through the five senses. That's where I'm at. But the spirit over here is going, yeah, but I think there's another realm. There's other words. So sometimes a war breaks out between these two over words what's true, what's right. Some people will interpret when this is going on. They'll go, my conscience is bothering me. That's something I did. The conscience is here in the soul, in the subconscious. It's the voice of this little spirit speaking to this soul that what you're believing, what you did, doesn't line up with what I, in the spiritual realm, have heard, have written words in, my, in me. That's another whole teaching. I have learned something, not from the natural world, not from the five senses like you have, I have learned it from some eternal realm. And I'm telling you what you're doing or what you did doesn't line up with that. 
So the subconscious guy starts feeling guilty. He says, my conscience is bothering me. That's happening in the soul part. A little voice. Some people call it getting a, just got this feeling in my gut. I don't know what it is. Okay? It's usually the spiritual part. Speaking some words of, to the soul. Telling it something. But because the soul basically only receives its knowledge, its understanding, its truth, its beliefs from the five senses of the natural, excuse me, of the natural world, anything else coming from any other source is strange, foolish stuff not to be believed it's unreal it's just superstition it's just science fiction make-believe fairy tales because only the five senses are king and what they bring into the soul that's the realm the soul receives words from the natural the power of those words are they are from the five senses. But I like that movie called The Matrix. When Neo was born into the Matrix, he didn't know it, he was a little baby, he was grown up, grown to be it, to be a battery. He had no idea that what he was experiencing up here was just an implanted computer program. But Morpheus and Trinity were able to come to him in the spirit to talk to his soul that was connected through the biological senses. Talk to this part of Neil right here. That what he was believing, what was bugging him, was what was the matrix. They had an ability to move in the spirit come into the dreams, the computer program that Neo believed was real. And Neo's heart and the soul was going, what is this matrix? And he had this desire to know truth. So the spirit was able to move and contact Neo's soul that was plugged in by his natural body receiving a digital computer program into his biological brain, shaping and molding his hidden man, telling him who he was, what reality was, what his life was, what his value was, all coming from the five senses into him. But all of a sudden, some people were coming from the spirit into the same system to the program, starting to disrupt it, sort of like a virus. And then they disappear. And Neil would wake up out of his dreams, he thought, go to work, which was all in his head, which was coming through the plug-ins to his biological body that was feeding into his brain a program 
And when Neo got unplugged from the program, and he's taken back into a computer-generated program and is beginning to learn the truth, Morpheus has to tell him that what he had believed was real in his other life, in his soul, coming in through the natural senses to the brain, were digital images, computer programming that could be changed. It wasn't the real thing. It was a computer-generated images, words, concepts for his brain to believe, because he was tapped into this part of him, his biological brain and soul through those plugins. But that biological man, the soul, the subconscious, believed everything he had that, that was all true. So Morpheus has to start explaining to him what is real, what you can touch, sense with your five senses. It all gets changed digitally through light in your brain to electrical chemical images. So there is no real person chair in here. Won't fit. It's all digital electrical. The image of it that you can touch with your five senses and feel gets changed up here. So Morpheus challenged him to go, what then is real? What you can see, feel, and touch that gets changed to a digital image electrical that you've been plugged in by your natural senses that could change. They give you a different program, tell you a different word, give you different experiences, and your soul here believes that that's real. And Morpheus said, I can't show you and tell you what is really real. You're going to have to discover this for yourself. That you had been plugged in, the, your subconscious brain had been plugged in through the five senses, had been programmed through the five senses by a program, by words, by a system you knew nothing about. It shaped your thinking, your concepts, your beliefs, your ideas of this person. The power of those words and images from that realm, of the natural realm, created a person in there, a personality that believed everything was true and real from the natural realm. That was the how Niels had to start learning that what this person believed in, that that generated program that he was hooked into, coming through the five senses from words and pictures and sounds, the power it had in his soul, his hidden man, through the biological brain and senses, the power it had was to form his personality, its beliefs, his concepts, his ideas, how he would interact with people, create feelings, the words, 
from this computer-generated program coming through the five senses was powerful. And Neil had to learn that wasn't the truth. Morpheus to come in, Morpheus actually means God of dreams. He told Neo, you've been living in a dream world. It's not real. The five senses that were bringing in information to you, shaping you and forming you, your ideas, your thoughts, your beliefs, was a computer-generated program. It was not real. So he showed him some pictures of what the real world outside of the generated program really looked like. He explained some nuclear war had happened. They, we had had a relationship with machines, AI, artificial intelligence. They needed electricity to function. And when this nuclear holocaust destroyed everything, and put a cloud between Earth and the sun, the machines could no longer get their electricity. They had sort of become living. So they found that a human being produced electricity, which if you look at the natural body, it will. It has electrical power in it. Something's keeping the heart beating, the eyes blinking. Okay, the arms moving. There's electricity, electrical power in it. So the machines discovered if I can grow a human being in some kind of field, I wouldn't doubt it if genetics and people are trying to do this now. Then I harness the energy that's in them, but I don't think the humans, the machines, will let us do this willingly. So they had to hook them up in infancy maybe like in the womb, to these plugs and give them tap directly into their brain, create a program that their brain would accept. They needed the humans, we learned later, to stay asleep. And the first, uh, I think the agent that was talking to Morpheus when he was captured said, the first program the humans kept waking up from this sleep that they wanted them to be in. So they had to change the program. They need them to stay in their little pods, hooked up, not fight, not resist, not try to break free. So they had to adjust this natural stuff coming into the headband in order for the machines to gather the electrical to harvest the energy that a human being had within its system. So when Neil got free, sitting in this hotel with Morpheus, Morpheus said, look, I can only tell you the truth, but you have to discover it for yourself. The truth may not be pleasant, but here's your choice. If you take this blue pill, you're going to go back to sleep, so we won't visit you anymore. 
You'll never get the answers that you're seeking. And you'll just continue living in this dream world through the power of the words of the computer of this, of this program that has made you a slave, controlled you, but you don't know that. Or you can take this red pill and you can learn how deep and how this uh, matrix is. And it's hard to tell somebody when they're in bondage, but they don't believe they're in bondage. Or that they're being lied to, or that what they believe is real from the realm of the words and the power they have from the natural world, that what you're believing is wrong, or it's not true. And there's another truth out there that you know nothing about. So Neil had a desiring heart. He wanted to know what this matrix was. And Morpheus tells him it's an excellent saying. He says, you have been born into a system where you are a slave. And shows him, and, they, and you are a slave to be a battery. Because something else needs the energy you have. You were born into it, and you were fed through your senses. Power of words from around created in you, in your subconscious, a whole world that you believed was true. Now, Neil goes, I don't know what you're talking about, but I want to know the answer what the matrix is. So he didn't know that he was in a pod located somewhere in this power plant, but Morpheus did. The only way that you can bring truth, different stuff to this guy right here, different words from a different realm, somebody who is free has to come to you. And that's what we learned about Neo. And they had to unplug him. They had to take all of the plugs that were naturally hooked into his biological body and unplug him, which then destroyed the programming coming into his brain. And then he, he don't know what's going on. And he gets in the ship called the Nebuchadnezzar, which is a biblical guy. And uh, his eyes are hurting because he had never opened his eyes, never looked through his biological eyes. He was looking through his mind, but he never used those. His muscles he had never used, never walked. He had to be rebuilt. And he had still had questions. And Morpheus had had to tell him, the reason your eyes are hurting is you've never used them. And all your muscles are weak and atrophied. You have to be rebuilt. And to be patient because the answers were coming. And then they, time went by and he got better. And his hair was different. He noticed he had things on his body. And Morpheus comes in too and says, uh, Neo asks him, where am I? And Morpheus says, that's not the real question you need to be asking. The real question is, what year is it? You believe, Neo, that it's a certain year, 1999. But it's really 20-something. And 
I can't tell you what the real year is, but time, what, what is the real time? Not where? He says, look, let me take you, and it's going to feel strange. He went back into a computer-generated program to talk to him. And that's when he's, Neil starts realizing that what he believed in this part of him, the power that the Word had coming from the realm of the living machines through the biological natural senses, had all been a lie. Computer-generated by somebody else that made him a slave, kept him under control, believing something that was not real, never free to leave if he wanted to, never knowing any difference, just following some program that somebody else had designed. And that's what he had to learn. That right there made him puke. Because Morpheus had to take him from where he was. The realm from the natural, from the power of the words, from the natural, from the computer, to this man, to this hidden man. And showed a shock it that what it believed had been real and who he was was all a lie. And that is the realm and the power a word has. That is where most people live. And they have to be unplugged like Neo. They were born into darkness, born with the five senses. We all are. We've all been shaped and formed, this guy. Anything spiritual, really deep spiritual, is foolishness to it. So we get into religion. We get into doing things in this realm, the biological thinking that we are doing what we're supposed to be doing. The realm that words are, they are in the natural, but their goal is to, sh their food, they shape and conform and grow and develop the personality, the mind, the emotions of the hidden man. And while the spirit is over, he's getting some of this. He's getting most of this. So we have a big mess that has to be dealt with. You watch those Matrix movies. It's a hard slog to get through it. But Neo got there with the help of Morpheus, who believed in something, Trinity, who showed him love. But you'll learn in the Matrix movie the only way you can get where you need to be, where the spirit part is, the king, the words from it, the power that they have. This guy right here, you see it in the matrix, got shot. He died. The agents for the machines thought they were rid of him. But there was agape love standing over him in the Nebuchadnezzar Trinity. The machines were coming, whatever they were, going to kill him. And Trinity is talking. He got shot. And he was told that if you die in the matrix, you die, your, your physical body dies out here. That is biblical. I've been through that. If you die in the spirit, 
that part of you and that part dies. So here he is in the matrix squared off with the agents and they fire guns and he gets shot by many bullets and he falls down and dies. Heart stops. He's dead. I got him all monitored up. Trinity is over him saying, this can't be true. Because the oracle told me I would fall in love with the one. You can even see the play of words, the word Neo, N-E-O. It's just the word one. O-N-E. Trinity's leaning over him as the squiggies, I think they're called, are trying to come in. They're cutting through the ship. And she's talking to this dead body that's in the Nebuchadnezzar that died in the matrix. And she's saying, no, this can't be true. Because I was told by the oracle that I would fall in love with the one. And we would be in love. This cannot be true. Get up, Neil. Get up. Love was calling Neo back to life. But the Neo that came out of the matrix, it had to die. And love had to come in and resurrect Neo's spirit in the matrix and its physical body. And love was standing over it in the form of Trinity calling to it, telling it it loved it. There was hope. This can't be true. This is not right. This is not the truth. Get up, Neo. I love you. I love you. And she starts kissing him, breathing life through love back into the biological body, back into the spirit. And in the movie, his heart starts beating, both in the matrix and in the natural, and everybody's going, oh no, this can't be this old. And then she says, get up, Neil, run. And Neil stands up. You'll see him in the matrix. He stands up. He's different now. He's a resurrected spirit. The old Neil, the old soul part of him, died in the matrix. Fearful, running, died by gunshot. But love, speaking from the spirit into it, from the natural into it, said, get up. So Neil stands up, takes some deep breath. You can see the hallway of the matrix breathe. He had changed. He had stepped into the realm of the spirit and the matrix. He could see the walls and everything now was code because he's now in the spiritual realm. The flesh part of him, the part that grew up with the matrix, the plug-ins, it died. But Gopi love through Trinity, through words, the power of words of love, fighting for it, speaking words of encouragement and hope, calling it back, saying, get up, come back. This is not how it's supposed to end. Speaking words from another realm that went to the soul and went to the spirit. Neil got up. He was different. For he was the one that was going to change 
and free the people. But the old Neil, that grew up with the natural plugs, believed who he used to be, was trying to fight and understand this matrix and all this stuff from that perspective until it died, killed in the matrix. It could not come forth and become what it was supposed to become that Morpheus believed was going to come, that Trinity believed in love so powerful it could transcend death. And Neo needed that power of that realm of those words to resurrect him. And it did. Great. Great. I don't know what to call it. Just great. Excellent. God was talking to those people that wrote that and did the visualization. So, today's lesson. So we have to discover what realm does a word have power in. We discovered there's a natural realm, a soul realm, and a spirit realm. And words are in all realms. They have power in all of the different realms. And they have power to save your life, power to keep you a slave, their food, their nutrition. There will be a battle of uh, the worlds and the words between the soul and the spirit. The words will conflict, concepts will conflict. But this is today's lesson of the king and the kingdom. And what was it? What realm <coughs> does a word have power in? All of them. Words are powerful. They can bring life, they can bring healing, they can bring blessings, they can bring curses. They last through generations. They can be destroyed. They are containers. They can be embedded in us. They come in picture forms, songs, words. Words are powerful. They're in both realms. So go do some research. Watch the movie The Matrix. Go slow. I had to write down every single word. I watched it over and over and over and over again. Learn. Go and look up the word dictionary. Look up the word realm power. Do some research. A lot of good uh, faith-based research. A lot of research from the scientists about words coming in. The therapists use it in mental health called cognitive means mental. We're going to work with your mental processes, your cognitions. Philosophy means philo, means love, and osophy is thoughts. You're, you're in love with your thoughts. Go back and study Greece and Rome. Go back and study the great philosophers. Go back and study the great thinkers about the power of words. Even when you write them down, they become law. The word becomes law. Guides nations and countries. It guides your conscience. Words come out of a realm, but the natural, they go to the soul, to the hidden man to shape him, his personality, and they're in the spirit.
so enjoy. This was a long one today. Actually, using a new camera. I hope it looks good. I'll check it out. Try to get it up as fast as I can for you. I'm trying to, hopefully, developing some new things on the website for you. So enjoy. Pastor Deborah, Agape Love, Love is Here. www.agapeloveishere.org Enjoy. Don't forget the YouTube channel at The Hidden Kingdoms. And look forward to you for the next time on The King and the Kingdom series. Love always and forever. Pastor Deborah. Class dismissed and everybody is free to go. Go and play. <laughs>